Hello and welcome to your Rate My League preview show. I'm Andy Goldstein, joined by Luke Giesbrecht. Today we are looking at Fantasy Football Version 3, Half Point Per Reception, Dynasty 12. Teamer Matt bought the show, so thank you so much to Matt for getting this all set up. Luke, we have a lot to get to, but first, we like to break the ice with leagues out there. This year, I found a website that has 160 first date questions. I can't think of a better way to break the ice with the league than asking each other first date questions. Believe it or not, this is show number 135 on the year. So let's go with question number 135. How different do you act when you are with acquaintances versus people you are comfortable with? Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I'm fairly different, I think. I think most people are, at least when they're starting. But I, I have a little bit of a weird side that I tend to slowly <laughs> let out once mm -hmm. I know the person that I'm going to be a little bit more comfortable with. So you usually get, like, professional Luke for the first couple meetings. <laughs> I don't know. How about yourself? I wish I had a better... I wish I had a better control over my, <laughs> I don't know what to call it, surliness sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I don't suffer fools well, I think. Especially, I, I feel this way, especially with like work emails, where I have to like email someone who is either like not understanding something that they should understand, or, you know, for whatever reason, I have to email them multiple times for the same thing. I I have to catch myself. Like my email etiquette could probably be better. I think. Yeah, well, that's a tough one. Sometimes, like the as per my last email, if you had read <laughs> yeah, the second paragraph. There's a lot of passive aggressive. <laughs> In your old dynasty league here, I think they just switched to sleeper. I, I, they were on ESPN for a long time. I'm thinking for most of the run, probably. Uh, they were on ESPN, and then they switched over to Sleeper. So we don't really have any of the history here, unfortunately. But uh, starting next year, we'll get some of that anyway. Uh, so it's mostly friends from high school and college here. The only real unique item to their rookie draft is that the rookie on it's rookie only in rounds one and two, while free agents are included. So you can start taking free agents in round three and four there. Also, I, just from talking to Matt, I know that it, they are transitioning to an IDP setup as well but it's just not quite ready yet so we're not going to hit the idp on this show but maybe next year uh, it'll be more of an idp also kind of show luke um yeah excited for that that's uh, something i have a passion for so. yes yeah. yes you will hear more from luke on that next year if you get another show no uh, eight starters here one quarterback two running backs two wide receivers one tight end one kicker uh, no defenses and one uh Flex spot, no super flex, but flex flex here. Um, here's how it's going to work. We're going to count down 12 to 1. We're going to talk about total redraft value, starter redraft value, total dynasty value, and future draft capital. All of that gets boiled down into a team score, which is out of 10. That's how we rank the squads. From there, we have other things we can talk about. doesn't directly impact the rankings, but it's fun. Nonetheless, trades. We'll definitely talk about some trades along the way here. And the 2022 draft class, some interesting selections for sure. And helmet stickers are kind of like achievements or awards or badges you get them for doing something good or bad or neutral. But if it's neutral, it better damn well be fun. And with that, let's get going. Number 12, B Cork. And I think we have to pass it over to Matt real quick. Hey, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Um, before, uh, before I get into Brad's intro, I, I do just kind of want to restate a few of the things you guys said because I know that was quick and... This is our first time doing this podcast, so just to be clear, uh, 
they rate my league has has rated our teams from basically worst to best. Um, they're looking at both redraft, so current in season value as well as dynasty value. Um, so for future seasons, uh, combine those into a score, and that's essentially how they've how they've ranked our teams. Um, they also put together a PDF document which has a lot of the same information. So uh, it does kind of help if you just pull up the PDF uh, as you're listening to the podcast because they'll basically go in that same order, and uh, we'll go through a lot of that same information that you see on the on the PDF. So it may help you follow along with uh, with what's going on, but. Yeah, with that said, let's go ahead and get started. Um, starting with Brad, who is a founding member of the league. He's made the playoffs four times over the nine years. Uh, no championship victories, though. Uh, overall record is 51-50-1, um, so almost exactly 500 over the course of the league so far. Uh, and as you can see, that's probably not going to continue. Um, not, a, not a very good roster here. Jonathan Taylor is definitely the focal point. Uh, was saved a little bit in the draft with with Kenneth Walker falling to seven. Um, I'm sure we'll cover that later when we when we talk about Brandon's team. Uh, but but yeah, not not a good team. And um, really really want to hear what you guys have to say about the trade that he's made, um, moving his 23 first uh, again clearly at the bottom of the rankings here. Um, and and honestly, moving it to probably the favorite to to win it this year and and in the next few years. So. Uh, now he's given up what is probably going to be an elite asset with next year's draft class being so strong. Um, I, I mean, not crazy to say that he ends up with 101 uh, or what would have been 101 uh, and, and has just given away Bijan Robinson for, uh, I don't know how to describe this group of players. A, uh, I, I guess you could almost uh, describe it as, as like if, if you went to a drawer in your kitchen uh, there just says like a bunch of random stuff thrown into it. Brad was basically just going through Kevin's team, clicking on random players and firing out trade offers. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's, he's really hasn't gotten anyone elite in return and it looks like he's just going to push himself to continue to be a team that goes 51, 50 and one over these first nine years, uh, making trades like this. So We'll pass it back to you guys now. Definitely uh, go through the rest of the review of the team. But, but yeah, definitely want to hear what you have to say about that trade as well. Andy, back to you. All right. Uh, this team, number 11 in total redraft value, number 10 in starter redraft value. Average starter age is 25, so it's a pretty young squad here. They do gain dynasty value. It's not enough to bump them up from number 11, but they stay there. Uh, they do gain a decent chunk of dynasty value. A lot of that is Kenneth Walker. Uh, they get Kenneth Walker at 1.07. That's a pretty good value. Absolutely. Yeah, we've done a lot of these over the entire summer. I think that might be the lowest I've seen them fall. I know just the way this rookie draft was coming out for a lot of teams, if you had any kind of running back need, which I think this team had a little bit of it, big taking a quick peek in advance. Uh, yeah, that is just excellent value. You can never be upset about that. Yeah, coming into the draft here, they had Jonathan Taylor. That's a pretty good number one, but outside of that, Antonio Gibson losing a lot of value this offseason, and Kareem Hunt uh, has just been sitting around running back 30 for most of the offseason. So, yeah, that that second running back slot could certainly use 
a bit of an upgrade here. I mean, we can certainly debate the merits of building through running back when your team is number 11 in total redraft value, number 10 in <laughs> starter redraft value. I think that, you know, the, the, the modus operandi for most seasoned dynasty managers would be build through wide receiver, you know, tight end, hit it if, if you can get a good young tight end, hit that too. Uh, but building through running back can be tough. And, I mean, we're looking at a team that has Jonathan Taylor, and they're still number 11 in total redraft value. Does that scare you? Yeah, I think I think it might. And I think, I think you kind of picked on a really good point there, is that when you go and when we're looking at a, a, a lower-ranked team, we often do want to look at that wide receiver grouping and see where it's at. And looking at Gabe Davis, Demonta Smith, and George Pickens, you feel like that's a nice kind of young core. But I really think we do need to talk about that trade that they made with Kevin Lake. <laughs> they went out and got they went out and got Gabe Davis, George Pickens, picked up Dak Prescott, their only QB on the roster as well, leaving them kind of middle of the pack with number seven. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about obviously now that you know you're ranked last and you've given away your entire 2023 draft class for the most part and a 2024 second? How do you feel about going out there and getting? I mean, I think we can probably establish this draft happened a little bit later in the year, so getting Pickens pretty kind of peak hype. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about that? Going and getting some really young players to pair with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I, I. Uh... I get the idea. I, I think there's a pressure when you have Jonathan Taylor on the roster. You either have to trade Taylor or you have to kind of try to go for it a little bit. And trading for, for Pickens and Gibson and Davis there, even Noah Fant, right? Like, he becomes a mm-hmm. starter on this roster also. And and Dak. Like, it, he this, this manager's clearly trying to assemble... Uh, it's like spark notes for assembling a, <laughs> a fantasy roster. I... I'm skeptical. I, I think that's the best word for me. I am skeptical. This team gives up what we are projecting to be probably 1.02 or 1.03 next year, which could just be an absolute, uh, an absolute slam dunk um, pick. I mean, they clearly have given up more dynasty value in this trade than they get back. They do get more redraft value, and it just goes back to this idea, what is this team trying to do? They're trying to win right now with a team that we have ranked 11th. Yeah, and also I think you hit the nail on the head. Is Jonathan Taylor was the decision making process, and I think in retrospect, especially if we look back next year and things go how we have them ranked in redraft with them missing the playoffs, probably it's it's going to be a little bit painful. And I think I don't know. I really I don't. I think trading Jonathan Taylor maybe would have been something that would have netted out better over time. Yeah. I mean, in the second round, they did uh, go get a pretty good camp hype candidate in Romeo Dubes, giving you a little bit of additional kind of leverage with Devonta Smith and Kenneth Walker. So you did have like a bit of a young core that I think if you could have gotten that, that not that not that stereotypical get three firsts, but like if you get a really good young piece back with Jonathan Taylor and now you're sitting on two firsts next year with maybe some additional draft capital, maybe that gives your future outlook a little bit better. Because if you miss the playoffs here, it, it, it could become a very long rebuild mm-hmm. but i guess you still do have jonathan taylor to trade yep. regardless of how this goes right yes, that's true and we'll see what kenneth walker can do in year one here this team is number 12 dead last in future draft capital by the way no picks next year no 24 
second rounder. It is a little rough. 3.92 is the team score here. Helmet stickers, bleep them picks, least draft capital. But I think we do have to play this one. It is the misconduct sticker. Hello, everyone. Retired NFL ref Gene Steratore. I've got to let you guys know, I know an awful lot about violations and misconduct. And you topped the scale bar none. Your efforts were horrific. Your picks were out of nowhere and had no meaning behind them. It seems like you just put a blindfold on and threw darts at a board. So there is only one way for you to go. And that's up. That's right. We got retired NFL referee Gene Serator to personally insult B Cork. Sorry about that. Number 11, not Dan D. Bip one. Here's Matt. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yes, we're on to, to Kevin Nunn. Um, I know despite the team name, you might be thinking that's Dan DePippi, but it is not. Uh, so we got Kevin Nunn here at 11. Um, founding, uh, one sec. Not a founding member of the league, but uh, I think the fact that I couldn't remember kind of tells you everything you need to know about Kevin's involvement so far. Um, almost actively goes out of his way to, to not make any moves. Um, and that's led to a 30-71-1 record so far over eight years. Um, two overall playoff appearances. Uh, I will say Kevin uh, did do I, – I, I thought he did good in this draft. Um, definitely got some some youth added to the squad. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Brees Hall, right? That's a pretty obvious first pick. And uh, don't mind Chris Olave either. So, uh, yeah, but, I, I mean, more than anything – I think uh, being at this spot in the in the league, right, just kind of shows if you're not active in trading, not active in free agency, uh, your your team is going to suffer from it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, Kevin, you're listening to this, start making some trades, uh, really look to rebuild that team and, and get rid of some of your veterans for for younger guys. All right, number 12, uh, total and start of redraft team. So this team is actually ranked lower than B Cork for this season. We think this is going to be the worst team, or at least the consensus value says this will be the worst team in the league this year. Exceedingly young, 24.4 is the average starter age. Does not translate into a major dynasty gain here. They do gain some, obviously, with Brees Hall, but outside of Hall, it's actually pretty mild in terms of the gain uh, and weirdly, they have a lot of guys who are just chipping away at that dynasty value, not in big chunks, but in little tiny pieces. Alan Lazard, Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, all losing just a smidgen. I mean, it goes on and on there. So uh, they stay at number 12, obviously, for dynasty value here. The good news, I guess, is, I mean, I guess for sure, is that they had two picks in the first four uh, of this year's rookie draft. So they come away with Brees Hall and Chris Olave. They pick up Alec Pierce at 2.01 as well. That's pretty high. That's a pretty spicy pick for Alec Pierce. We usually see him go no earlier than, say, 203, 204, something like that. So to see him at 2.01, Luke, that's pretty uh, ambitious. Yeah, that was the word I had in my mind as well. The second I saw 201, I was like, that's ambitious. Like, you're putting a you're putting a stamp on you believing in Alec Pierce. And I don't... I don't think he's a bad player, and I do think his situation as a whole has has an opportunity there. But 
yeah, there was probably some other options on the board that maybe were a little bit, uh, quote-unquote, safer. And looking at the wide receiver room, I mean, obviously something that they needed some help with. Uh, as you already pointed out, Amari Cooper, Alan Lazard already kind of losing value. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got you've got a major question mark in Kadarius Tooney. So adding Chris Olave feels very good, but then it's just a lot of older pieces sitting in that wide receiver room. Tough year to have the 101, I really think, because <laughs> it, was, it was just – it was very hard to trade out of. I think this was probably the worst year. I've seen for teams trying to get out of 101 and increase draft capital coming back to you. And yeah, it's just a tough place to be. But yeah, Hall and Olave is a nice kind of building stop. But like, where is the next move for this team? You've got Kyler Murray locked up at quarterback, so you feel pretty good about that. It does make me question getting Kenny Pickett a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they only spent a third rounder on him. But yeah, even Matt Ryan here is a fine backup for the short term. I don't know how much you need Kenny Pickett here. And it, you know, I think sometimes managers will throw away those third round picks, but taking a speculation play at one of the premier spots, you know, wide receiver, running back, or even tight end, you know, it's not a bad spot to go after some of these rookie tight ends. Um, So, yeah, I I agree that taking Pickett at 3.01 is a little, eh, it doesn't do much for me there, but I'm also not a big picket guy, so like, I don't know. I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask, I suppose. I kind of agree with your overall sentiment there, which was where do we even start here, right? Like this is the dead last team. They're young, but they don't really gain a lot of dynasty value. It's nice to be young. I mean, if you're going to be terrible, you might as well be young at the same time, but you really want to pair that with a lot of dynasty gain, and they just don't have it. I mean, Hall and Olave... They don't have anyone on the roster outside of Hall and Olave that gains more than one dollar of dynasty value. That's not no. good. No, and a couple a couple players who could potentially we see take major steps back next year. Josh Jacobs not having his fifth year option retained. If he goes to a team where it's a much murkier situation or they continue to try to find replacements and he doesn't have any kind of established value with Vegas. That's a, a concern. Obviously Clyde Edwards Lair is really kind of, this is the season he could <laughs> take a major step backwards. If he hasn't, there will be no more excuses if things go wrong. Yeah. So yeah, scary place to be. I mean, obviously you're happy that you own all your own picks when you're in a position like this, or at least the most looks like they're missing their fourth rounders, but eh, not something you have to stress about. So at least if you're going to be that bad, own your own first, have your 2021s. But I don't know. Do you think about even maybe trying to – you had trouble selling the 101, but will you maybe have trouble not selling Brees Hall? Because you already mentioned sometimes it's not good to have that young running back when your team's not ready yet. Yeah, I I, I like Brees Hall. So I am, I, I am willing to sit there and let his value increase because I think it will increase from running back 19 right now. I know it's a little scary with him being on the Jets and dealing with Zach Wilson and all that, uh, but I do believe in his talent. So, yeah, I, 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 I put Brees Hall on a different level sometimes. Like, Jonathan Taylor was kind of the same way, uh, where he was coming into a situation where there wasn't much around him, but his talent was just so pure that I believed in him. Um, so I kind of feel the same way about Hall to a degree. I don't know if he's quite the same prospect, but I do like his talent level all the same. Tight end, by the way. Number 12, dead last. As bad a tight end group as you will see. Brees, uh, Brevin Jordan, Mo Cox. There are some Mo Cox fans out there. And Brevin Jordan fans. Some, <laughs> some people think they're going to be uh, very deep sleepers this year. But I don't like seeing them as the t- two best options on a team. 
no, yeah, I, I'm one of the people who think Brevin Jordan could probably outperform that tight end 26. I mean, it's a pretty low bar to have to get over, but yeah, yeah not something you want to be trying to be competitive with for sure. 4.26 is the team score here. The Helmet Sickers, the Lookout Kid, youngest projected starting lineup, the RML approved, highest rated RML staff ranking versus consensus, the freshman sticker for the most, tied for the most rookie starters, but let's play this one, the Soggy Bottom. What I could think about was you making my bottom soggy. For the lowest rated tight end group. Yeah, well, you have Brevin Jordan and Mo Alley Cox. You're going to get that one played. Number 10, uh, Smoz Ghani. I'm sure Matt knows how to pronounce that one. Thanks, Andy. Pretty terrible effort there. Uh, Ghani. Uh, so yeah, Sam uh, is is finally the first champion we have on the list. Uh, two previous championships for Sam here. Um, pretty pretty solid record overall over the course of, of the the league. Sixty three forty five and one, um, and, and again seven playoff appearances with that too. Uh, definitely has has struggled to to get another QB, but uh, Tom Brady just continues to truck along for him. So. It's in a good spot there. Uh, did just make a, a pretty nice trade recently, um, getting getting some younger guys uh, from from Corey, um, moving Alvin Kamara. Um, so yeah, I, I like Sam's team um, probably a little better than 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 tenth overall. I'm surprised to see he's here. I, I guess his running backs are are pretty terrible right now, but um, yeah, few few first next year. I'm, I'm sure he'll bounce right back. Um, yeah, really all I got to say, happy, uh, happy that I finally had something positive to share on a team in the league. Um, but yeah, back to you guys. All right. Number 10 in total redraft value, number 11 in starter redraft value. Uh, an old team here, unfortunately, 28.9 is the average starter age. Uh, they do hold their dynasty value all the same, despite that age on the roster. Of course, a lot of that is Tom Brady being ancient. Being old, being very, very gray these days. Uh, you take Tom Brady off, it's probably a 23 per starter kind of team here or something like that. Uh, maybe <laughs> not quite that much, but yeah, he adds quite a few years there. Uh, and they do have Drake London and Jamison Williams, both first-round picks. They get Drake London at 1.02. That would be my selection at 1.02. And then Jamo at 1.08 what do you think about williams in terms of dynasty we're we don't know how much we're going to see him this year it's possible i think it's possible he just sits out this year they redshirt him almost i don't know if that's the consensus opinion but if the lions are i mean what if, if the lions are like two and six are they rushing him back i think dan campbell probably wants to see what he can do if it was a different coach, I think you might be right. I think they might be a little more patient. But I do think they want to get a taste for him. I think you're right. I don't think he's going to have a lot of starter value this year. Um, huge applause on the London pick as well at 102. That's pretty much where I would like to see that go. But, yeah, uh, it's going to be a year. And I think we're, we're seeing the beginning of a pretty a pretty major rebuild happening, obviously, with their major trade that they made with the real crybaby there. You'll mm-hmm. see, baby. We're going to go with it. But <laughs> shipping off uh, Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara, a lower pick in 306 to get back a fairly established wide receiver to help this this receiving core with Chris Godwin. And a receiver, and pick- by the and a Godwin, by the way, we don't know how much we're going to see him early in the season. So kind of a nice mm-hmm. little, I don't want to say tanking, but if you're going to tank, getting a guy like Godwin who maybe, even when he comes back early on, 
maybe we'll be a little slow. Not a bad target. Absolutely. And uh, decimating your running back group, because once you lose Alvin Kamara, we've got them number 11th in overall depth and starters. You're rolling out with Damian Harris and Daryl Henderson, maybe hoping Michael Carter can seep into a little bit of Brees Hall. But I don't think that situation lasts very long. So this team's definitely going to take a big step backwards from what they were scoring last year. But yeah, I feel like it's a kind of a good place to go. Christian Watson in the second round, I think is kind of an interesting one. A guy and, who obviously And Watson being taken, I believe, after Dobbs, right? Dobbs one pick after actually yeah that's <laughs> awesome yes i mean I, I expected to kind of see that towards the end of the rookie season just yes. based on what we're hearing out of camp but mm-hmm. i mean the packers did like Watson more than dupes at least before the process started and you have to put a fair amount into that not what we see in preseason so yeah i feel like it's a it's a good young wide receiver room obviously i think that's where you can hang your hat with this team but i think there's enough points leaving that they're going to be happy with their draft position moving forward plus that extra first is always a nice place to be yeah they are number three in future draft capital they got that extra first rounder next year um that wide receiver group is great number three uh, it'll be interesting to see if brandon cooks how long brandon cooks stays on this roster i assume he might be Mm -hmm. currently being shopped at the moment uh, I do think we have to talk about the most important player on this team. However, I, obviously, Isaiah Likely being drafted in the fourth round. Um, I'm very upset. In the league that we are in together, you picked up Isaiah Likely in our uh, free agent run. Um, you didn't respect the fact that I have a very special relationship now with Isaiah Likely. I didn't know. Yeah, I feel very lucky that I got him there. We were uh, a league that we drafted quite early. Likely wasn't someone who was really on a lot of our radars at the time. And then our waivers finally ran. And I had even forgot I put in that one. But it was nice <laughs> to see him because I I don't have him on as many rosters as I would like. And yeah. I think fourth round's pretty great value as well there. Yeah, it works now. And I'm upset because I have him on every single one of my teams now except for that one. And you know what's <laughs> funny? I was going to I was gonna ask you if there was a trade that you would like for him. And then that report came out saying that the Ravens were looking at him as their third option or whatever on offense. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. well, that's out. <laughs> um, this is this is definitely a rebuilding team, though, so we shall see how it looks in the future. 5.53 is a team score. Just want, you know, for a rebuilding team, they certainly have a lot of age on the roster, I guess, the starting group here. They're actually the oldest team in the league, which gets them the when you are old and gray sticker. Since I still appreciate you let's find love while we may because i know i'll hate you when you are old and gray i mean brady being 45 doesn't help but also uh brandon cooks is up there and hunter henry's getting up there a little bit so oldest team in the league number nine ryan urban 26 let's see what matt's got to say here Thank you, Andy. Um, yeah, so Ryan is another founding member of the league. Um, four total playoff appearances for him. Um, no championships for him yet, uh, but coming in at 45, 56, and 1. Uh, it's a little below 500. Finished in 10th last year, um, and of course was able to turn that, that pick at uh, 1.3 overall into Traylon Burks, who feel like he's been getting a, a pretty bad rap lately because of all the, the asthma stuff within camp. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess you could argue it's in potentially a little more severe than what we were hearing about Jamar Chase last year and, and, and drops in training camp. But 
I really don't take any sort of credence into into these these training camp narratives. Um, I, I still think he's a he's a great number one wide receiver. Definitely fits the mold and looks a lot similar to AJ Brown, which is obviously very large shoes to fill. Um, but yeah, I, I I think he's a, a good pick for the team between uh, Burks and Waddle. I mean, he has his wide receivers for the future. Uh, he has enough quarterbacks to uh, to to actually play in a three QB league here. So uh, I think really it's just the the tight end and and RB two position that that Ryan needs to figure out this year, and, and he's in a good spot. Back to you guys. This team is number nine in total and total redraft value. They have an average starter age of 25 flat, so on the younger side for sure. Um, they do actually move up in dynasty value. They move to number eight in the dynasty ranking, thanks to DK Metcalf. Of course, um, DK's rise in dynasty value is what I would call an artificial rise. I kind of put quotes around, air quotes around that, because he's not rising because of sometimes you'll see, like Rashad Bateman gains dynasty value because he's a young wide receiver who people are projecting to get better over time. DK Metcalf, we already saw the ceiling for DK Metcalf. He's rising in dynasty value because maybe the Seahawks will get a good quarterback next year, the year after, the year after that. Like, at some point, DK's going to get a quarterback again, and that'll be good. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, the Seahawks are clearly setting themselves up for a, a, a pretty boring tank with Geno Smith at the helm. So I, I just, yeah, it's going to be a tough year for DK specifically, unless Pete Carroll can get uh, very creative in his scheming, <laughs> which he can't. Like, the only way that works is Geno Smith throws a six-yard slant, DK runs for 40 yards. So might be a painful <laughs> year, but you're right. It's a very strong quarterback class, or at least that's how it's starting to shape up. We always need to see how things go and how declares work. But there could be a quick turnaround. Might not be, but at 25, DK has a little bit of time before you start getting worried about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Kind of an interesting uh, aspect here is how just absolutely stacked this team is at quarterback. Yes, like, it's weird. One, it's, one quarterback league, and you're sitting on whew, a couple of the real big dogs. It's bizarre. It's it's disconcerting. <laughs> it's really disconcerting to see this much quarterback talent on a, not a great roster. Number nine in total and starter redraft value here. In a one-quarterback league, I don't think they're switching to super flex. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, uh, Zach Wilson, and Deshaun Watson just hanging out um, on the deep bench here. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> two of the top five. It is the number one quarterback group in the league, which I guess is nice. Uh, you can only start one of them, and this team is not really going anywhere. So I don't know, if, you, if you inherited this team, Luke, and you saw that, what would, what would you do? Well, I'll... I'll preface this by saying I'm an Eagles fan, so it would be a little <laughs> difficult for me to do, but I would I would probably still, just based on kind of ages and where I think the rosters are, I'd probably really look at shopping Lamar. I want to see if if people get more excited. I think his kind of upper bound in what his passing game is is a little limited. And as running quarterbacks age, you tend to see them just get a little bit more comfortable in the pocket, which leads to less scramble drills, leading to less rushing yards. And that's really where we're getting the overall value out of Lamar Jackson. You know you've got to... Sean Watson coming back. He's probably a bit of a tougher sell right now, whether people have moral qualms with picking him up, whether they're concerned about what his future looks like post-suspension. 
you know you have Zach Wilson. Get Lamar out there, see what the big price is, because you're right. Only having Aaron Jones at running back, following him up with Khalil Harbert as a starter is a pretty scary place to be. The running backs are good. They're middle of the pack. We've got them ranked number six, but it's not enough to be competitive. Like, you don't see a way where this team makes the playoffs. Even with the additions of Traylon Burks and Tyler Algieri, I don't think they added enough in the draft to make themselves Yeah, it's – it's, I mean, look – it's it's hard to say never in fantasy football because you get someone like Debo who steps up as like a top three run, wide receiver out of nowhere. So anything like that could certainly happen here. I like Hunter Renfro. Uh, he was top. Is this what is this PPR half point percentage? Nah. He was top fifteen last year, so he's currently wide receiver forty. Like I do think that there's a way for this wide receiver group to be sort of top three in the league. That would not shock me. Is that enough to get him to the playoffs? If they get really lucky. But it's all to me. It's all moot because at at some point you want to see a manager who's going to take action and and put his franchise in a position to do what it needs to do. And I see no evidence here that this manager has any any momentum towards whatever it's got to be. There's no trading here. You know they have their future pick. They they have their their future picks intact. They had the third third draft slot this year. They picked third. They picked two point zero three. They picked three point zero three. They picked four point zero three. I don't see. I mean, they got eight. They got five, four quarterbacks who <laughs> they should have one or two. <laughs> I don't know what is going on with this manager. I need to see something. I am I am scared for this franchise because I don't think this manager is doing a great job here. How about that? How about that? Putting a stamp on it. Yeah, you you've been told. You got you got you got to make a move. You're right. You can't just you can't just watch it. You can't just watch those quarterbacks and be like, "That's nice." <laughs> this franchise is drifting into obscurity here. Five point seven eight is the team score. Just the Jason Street Award. You're good man. You what makes guys like me want to coach? For having the top rated quarterback position, they sure do. Number eight, the real C baby. Here's Matt. C baby, Corey Ellis. Uh, another founding member of the league, just two playoff appearances for him now, um, since inception, sitting at a 39 and 63 record. Um, so definitely has not had a great history so far in this league. Uh, excited to see him go for it though this year. Got the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams stack, uh, which, which I love, right? I mean, Devontae Adams is going to catch a, catch a buttload of touchdowns there. Uh, Kamara and Mixon. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that there's many moral values in this locker room, but uh, definitely good, uh, good fantasy players, I, I suppose. Um, and even James Conner rounding it out at, at the flex there. This is a this is a good team. I'm excited to see what this team does this year. Um, but yeah, I also made a trade to to get Big Ben on the roster. So again, what a what what sort of moral values are we trying to teach? To these young players, you got Cam Akers, you got you got Trevor Lawrence. Um, I just I just don't know that that you're giving them the right mentors to succeed long term. But other than that, yeah, excited to see what happens. Really hope that this is uh, this is your year, C baby. So we will see. Back to you guys. Okay, this team is number five in total redraft value, number seven in starter redraft value. So even just looking at those metrics, Luke, 
you can kind of say the depth here has a little uh, intrigue to it with Trevor Lawrence as a backup, with David Montgomery as a backup, running back 18 as a backup for this team, Cam Akers as a backup here. Uh, this is a an incredibly strong, deep running back group with the number one uh, total value team and number one at starter value at running back. So that is where a lot of that bench strength comes from here. It's not coming at wide receiver, though, where Sterling Shepard is the primary backup. Uh, so, But overall, clearly, when you have Cam Akers and David Montgomery and Trevor Lawrence's backup pieces, the depth on this team is actually very impressive overall. Now, that said, the starters, it's a little dicey, right? No top 14 quarterback, and then Chase Claypool is a starter. Yeah, I mean, definitely that's where probably your biggest concern starts to lie was with Chase Claypool, I think. I mean, a little surprised to see the team that went out and acquired Alvin Kamara and Devontae Adams this low. We, You know, number seven ranked and started to redraft value. That's really kind of on the precipice of whether you're going to make it or not. Now, I do think Devontae Adams, a wide receiver five, is something that's probably able for him to outperform. You do have that stack with Derek Carr. So mm-hmm. there's really going to be some weeks where that matchup probably wins it for you you're not really going to need the depth if that goes off for you i i think my biggest concern yeah it's got to be chase claypool like you you need a single more piece i mean I, tight end obviously is also a bit of a question mark but i'm always okay with punting tight end like mm-hmm. i'm pat pat Fryermuth, i think is going to give you enough to be competitive but you don't really have like a kind of even a, a saucier option behind Claypool that you can get cute with. Like you don't like, you're not going to drop in AJ green. You're not dropping in Sterling Shepard. Maybe Will Fuller lands himself somewhere, but like we've yeah. been waiting on that. We he's been waiting on that call for months. So <laughs> it's uh and then I, I I'm seeing a roster that needed, needed some more churn the last couple of years. I'm thinking with Deshaun Jackson on the back end, mm-hmm. uh, Cole Beasley needs to make a move. You really need to get some young blood in there to kind of give yourself a little bit more. And, Obviously, a team that doesn't uh, use his draft picks all that often, uh, looking at the fact that they <laughs> only had a second and a third this year. They're already missing their first in the acquisitions of Adams and Kamara, which I can laud you for that. That's definitely something that's pretty valuable. But do you think quarterback's a problem as well, or would you be happy enough with a very competitive running back stable with Carr and Lawrence? Uh, I, I, I like Carr. I think quarterback 15 is kind of crazy for him. I have him towards my top 10. And I, I, you know, I'm I'm optimistic as anyone about Lawrence breaking out. So I would be fine with this quarterback group in general. Um, but it, I, you know, consensus thinks differently. So, you know, consensus has this as the second worst quarterback group. I, I, Carr's ranking is a little. I get it because he he just wasn't a touchdown guy last year. He only scored 23 touchdowns, and that kind of. Um, if you're only scoring 24, 25 touchdowns as a quarterback, you're just not going to be in the top 10, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but f- nearly 5,000 yards, I think those touchdowns can go up with Adams there. And Waller back, if he's wall- if he's back healthy, probably helps there also. Um, I, 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 I guess I, when I was looking at this before, I, I kind of was like, if I didn't see that Kamara-Adams trade, if this team was just like, if it was the same roster, but I just didn't know that trade happened, I would be questioning whether this was a win-later team or a win-now team, I guess, to a degree. Um, but clearly with that trade, they are trying to go for it now. This is not, this is not a rebuild. It's not, they're not starting a rebuild. They are going for a win with a team that is number five in total value and number seven in starter value. It's, it's, 
It's potentially not great. <laughs> if it doesn't work, it's really not great. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm more optimistic. I feel like it's gonna get them to the playoffs, and I just ultimately you need to move one of those running backs to secure yourself a better looking wide receiver situation, both to insulate for an injury and just to kind of get yourself through what could be a bit of a disappointing season for Chase Claypool if things don't go the right way. Would so. you Would you rather trade like if you could do a trade a Montgomery or a Cam Akers or something and get two kind of. I don't know, two wide receivers ranked somewhere between 35 and 45 or one receiver ranked sort of in the top 20, 25, something like that. Which would you prefer? That's a really good question. I think I prefer more depth. And I, I maybe that's counterintuitive because we were, we were just lamenting that they don't have enough starter firepower. But my target to move would be David Montgomery, I think. And then I'd, I'd be looking at maybe an older player with uh, upside for this year and a younger player to give you maybe a couple more bullets in the chamber moving forward. Like thinking about a guy like Adam Thielen, someone who's a little a little older and is maybe sitting on a roster that doesn't quite need him or is a little bit interested in moving him. Get yourself some touchdown upside this year out of a wide receiver rather than a guy like Chase Claypool who really is going to be fighting for whatever that kind of third second quasi-looking receiving targets is from what could be a pretty messy offense at Pittsburgh this year. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. 6.05 is the team score here. Helmet Sickers, the tough crowd. This is our lowest rated team versus consensus. Sorry about that, but um, I'm rooting against you. I need you to fail. If this team does poorly, it makes me look good, and that's really what's important here. Me looking good. They also get the Al Bundy Award. That's why this scoreboard can only be named... After one man, Al, four touchdowns in a single game, Bundy! For having the top-ranked running back group in the league, I, I don't want to short-sell them there. Like Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Montgomery, Cam Akers, it's the number one group. It is a it is an anchoring <laughs> running back group there. You can certainly get some wins with that alone. Number seven, new manager this year, the business. Here's the commish. The business. We got Mark and Carson here, co-owners, two Cali guys, which we will not cater to at all when it comes to time zone. Uh, but I will say they came in hot in the league, traded for uh, for Jamar Chase, giving up uh, quite the package to do so, but went and got their guy. Really, all they're missing is a tight end here, right? Um, so they just need to figure out um, what assets they have left to, to 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 get a guy. But yeah, otherwise, uh, definitely have a, a chance to compete in their first year in the league and really uh, make their presence felt. That's all I got to say. Yeah, again, first year in the league, so so we'll see what uh, what, what comes out of this. But um, yeah, excited excited for the business to to join the fray here. Back to you guys. This team comes in at number six in total redraft value, number four in starter redraft value. 26.6 is the average starter age. Uh, so a kind of a prime age team here. Unfortunately, they do start to lose some dynasty value. They fall to number seven in the dynasty rankings with Henry and Allen both losing Double-digit dynasty value here. This team made an interesting trade. It's not reported here. I guess it came before they switched over to Sleeper. Uh, but they ended up trading Patrick Mahomes. They're 23 first. And Darren Waller, they picked up Jamar Chase. And the 2022 pick number 10, which turned into Sky Moore. 
They are left with Trey Lance at the quarterback slot, who has a chance, obviously, as a dual-threat quarterback to be a big-time contributor, but also a pretty low floor, especially when you watch them play in the preseason. It's not exactly uh, impressive, I guess. And then they brought Jimmy G back, and that's a little scary. Um, but also trading, a, obviously, a 23 first, which we're projecting to be somewhere in the middle of the 23 first round next year. And Darren Waller. So they're left with Robert Tunyon as the only starting tight end here. What do you think about that trade? So in a bubble, not taking away anything else, I think I like it. I think moving away from Mahomes to Jamar Chase is a massive value gain. Um, I think moving a 2023 first for uh, a pick 10, which you turn into Sky Moore, which I think is even better pretty happy with that I, I think losing Waller kind of makes up for what I perceive as the gap for Jamar Chase because in a one quarterback league I'm, I'm totally fine punting it I'm totally fine doing what this is happening uh, you're not really putting yourself a spot and a marquee player like Jamar Chase is where I want to where I want to put where I want to put my money where I want to shove in on I want to have a player like that now I, I agree with you I'm a huge Trey Lance detractor probably one of the biggest in the entire space um, <laughs> I I absolutely detest him but he has his chance here it comes uh, <laughs> I do not think it's going to work out I think Jimmy G is going to have a lot of spicy interviews anytime something goes wrong because the <laughs> it won't be Jimmy doing it it'll be the C- it'll be the San Francisco media just pouring in on him being like are you ready what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> but you do have Ryan Tannehill back there, who I'm totally fine with as well. It's just yeah. giving you just like enough points that you're hanging around. Like, are you going to lose the quarterback battle by two to four points? Probably. And you were winning it with Patrick Mahomes. But Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, feel quite comfortable with your starters there. Maybe you have a little bit of questionable depth with uh, Chase Edmonds and Jeffrey Wilson. But how do you feel about that wide receiver room? Because they that's where they pushed everything to. They got Jamar Chase. They picked up Sky Moore. Like, they really yeah. went all in there. Yeah, I I I love Jamar Chase. I, I'm uh, who doesn't, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I love Jamar Chase, but it is the number four wide receiver group. They have as good. I mean, they're number two in starter strength at wide receiver, right? Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, three of the top thirteen. That is super impressive. I I am a little iffy on Sky Moore. I think he's. I I, I get scared when anyone moves up the rankings because of situation over talent. And, like, you know, Sky Moore is not a, a, a bad player. I just think if he weren't – if he was drafted on a, into a neutral situation, he would be sort of a second-round pick, mid-second-round pick probably. And he's moved up, obviously, because he's in that power vacuum in Kansas City where he's got a shot of being the number one for Patrick Mahomes. And that just sort of has a built-in value, and that's why he ends up going towards the end of first rounds here. Uh, this team, I, I worry a little bit with the trading of the 23 first rounder just because I, this team still needs to make another leap. Um, they're number six in total value. They're number four in starter value. Where does the the leap come from? Do you Is it Sky Moore? Is it, is it I don't know, hmm. who else could it, it possibly be? Josh Palmer? That, yeah, I don't know. You make a very, that's a very valid assessment. Um... Yeah, moving forward, yeah, there's not a lot of places to go where things are going to really jump up. You're going to start losing value in your older players. I mean, yeah, Josh Palmer would be a guy maybe have a little bit of excitement about, but that is really it. So 
I obviously we could both be dead wrong. It could come from Trey Lance. Trey Lance could <laughs> could sky up and become a, a the next kind of running back who plays the quarterback position, which is all we really want in fantasy if we're trying to establish advantages. So <laughs> that is that is a place to be. But I'm fine with getting rid of Waller. I think Tunyon being your replacement's a a little bit questionable, but I think between between Tunyon, Logan Thomas, and Dan Arnold, I do actually think one of those guys will probably be serviceable. They might like you will you will collectively get like tight end twelve weeks, which yeah. is fine. But yeah, you're right, not a lot coming back, and obviously they've they did ship out that 2023 first, so they don't have that big rookie coming in next year, which is a bit of a is a bit of a sore spot to be because not that we don't always say this but the next draft is looking pretty promising mm-hmm. yeah I, I think the worry here is that this team is going to be on the treadmill where they are constantly sort of that last team in one of the one of the last teams into the playoffs or maybe the first team out of the playoffs and with no pick next year in the first round it's really tough to see how this team makes that jump to being a true contender 6.14 is the team score let's play this one the tumbleweed For having no other stickers. How sad. How boring. Number six, Shroom Farms Cousin. Matt, take it away. Thanks, Andy. Yep, so we got my cousin now. Um, Has uh, two playoff appearances since he's joined. Uh, Was not a founding member, but has been in for quite a few years now. uh, Posting a 35-53-2 record all time. Um... I will say for how high John is in the rankings, I don't I don't really know that I I like his team how it is. Um clearly clearly a team that, that needs to decide what they're doing, you know. Um being this high up, you gotta take advantage of the value you have and either go all in, get some help at wide receiver, take advantage of those running backs, or trade the running backs, build for the future. Um Adam Thielen, Elijah Moore Robert Woods, I just I just don't see those three cutting it, especially when we look at some of the teams that uh, that are coming up after this. So um, definitely need some help at QB too. So yeah, to me this is this is a team that should be selling their running backs. But uh, yeah, pass it over to you guys and hear what you have to say. Number seven in total redraft value, number six in starter redraft value here. This team has an average starter age right smack dab in prime territory of 26.6. They are a dynasty gainer, a very slight dynasty gain here. This team actually does move to number six in the dynasty ranking, but more because teams are falling away behind them. This team basically holds their dynasty value here. Basically, every overall metric, Luke, for this team is boring. Uh, number seven in total redraft value. Number six in starter redraft value. Right smack dab in the middle. Dynasty value, smack dab in the middle. Future draft capital intact, right in the middle. The only thing that's actually not boring here is the roster itself, where they have the the worst quarterback group in the league. Dead last at quarterback with Tua and Mac Jones, and they picked up Malik Willis in round three here in this year's draft. They have the worst wide receiver group in the league. No top 30 consensus wide receiver on the roster. Elijah Moore, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Russell Gage. It gets iffy. Um, on the flip side, a very strong running back situation with Christian McCaffrey and Najee Harris leading the way. It's the number four running back group in the league. And Mark Andrews, Mike Kosicki, it's the number two tight end group on the way uh, in, on the, in the league. I have whiplash from looking at this roster. 
Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? Like you, you would assume based on where the numbers are going, and I think it's more of a just a, a collection of the situation. Obviously, the aging of that wide receiver room is a little scary. Could could fall off very quickly. Um, you're hoping Elijah Moore takes that step forward. Obviously, he was a dynasty riser this year, and if he can continue that trajectory, which he has the ability to. But again, Jets are a little scary. Not entirely sure how we feel about Zach Wilson. He now has a lot more target competition than he did last year. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, that running back room automatically makes you competitive, right? Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey, Najee Harris. You've got you've – got you're arguing for the running back one and a half PPR well, going and back it, and forth and like if, all season. And if Cordell Patterson gets mm-hmm. closer to what he did last year than the current consensus running back 36 ranking, yeah, this could be the number one running back group in the league. Yeah, honestly, Cordell – Patterson's probably been my my biggest uh, beef with the consensus rankings all offseason is just the entire the entire discounting of him like he was just going to get thrown to back to just being a wide receiver who doesn't get anything because they drafted Tyler Algieri it was just a very confusing one to me and like obviously I think we're all in agreement that the Falcons are probably gonna be a very bad team this year yeah probably looking at about four wins at at max but that's fine. He will he will catch enough passes in a half PPR league that I do think having him marked off as a flex starter is probably accurate. I do think you maybe do start Patterson over Robert Woods a fair bit, but see how things go. At least you have the insulation in depth with Woods, and I don't know. I feel pretty good. I mean, normally I'm not excited about having a tight end advantage, but when it's Mark Andrews, you mm-hmm. can feel pretty excited about it. That gives you a huge advantage of the position, and it's kind of a kind of a blanket rubber stamp you put on Christian McCaffrey teams, but if he's healthy, you're, you're winning a lot of games. Yeah, it's so. the obligatory Christian McCaffrey, if he's healthy, the disclaimer, right? <laughs> if yeah. he's healthy, <laughs> this team can be pretty good. Uh, no 22 first-rounder this year. They did pick up Zamir White, who's one of my kind of I, I like that guy. He's one of my guys, I guess. It's a little earlier than we usually see him go. 2.11, um, but I still like him, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell too much about it. Um, but otherwise, yeah, this is I, – I want to sink my teeth into a little bit more here. Again, I feel like this manager is kind of – I feel like we are – especially if McCaffrey falls off, this team is kind of dead in the water. So mm-hmm. I, I would like to see a little bit more uh, urgency <laughs> with a team like this where maybe you have one or two years where, where McCaffrey... I, I wouldn't even bank on a second year for McCaffrey. At this point, I'm living year to year with McCaffrey. I would probably either, you know, I would dive in or dive out. I would do something with him. No, I completely agree with you. And I think I think the thing when you talk about McCaffrey is you have to talk about Najee Harris's age is the fact that he is 25 going into this season. He's going to be a fairly old running back. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the carry, so it really depends on whether you described to whether it's it's age that matters and why running backs fall off early or if it is truly the fact that once they kind of start hitting those like mythical 10,000 carries over their career mm-hmm. <laughs> like what you described to but I would be a little bit concerned as well but I think I'm more comfortable with the quarterbacks than a lot of people would be I think I think I think Tua has an opportunity to really really take a step forward and give you some good high upside. And if you don't want to take the risks, you think you have the advantages of the other positions. Mac Jones offers you that just kind of very low end safe, yeah. <laughs> just safe vanilla scoring. That'll keep you not disappointed. So 
I just how how do you outside of just saying trade your first and go get go get something? What else do you do? Do you do you try to capitalize on Christian McCaffrey and try to turn him into two pieces that make things more interesting but give you the same kind of points? Yeah, I I, I think if if I was if I were the manager here and I made the decision I'm going for a win this year, I think it would have to be future draft capital. I would not feel comfortable. I mean, my my trump card at this point would be McCaffrey, a healthy McCaffrey. So mm-hmm. if I trade him, you know, one step forward, two steps back there, I would probably be looking to trade future draft capital and and see if I can package Zamir White in there. Maybe someone likes Zamir White. I might hold on to him a little bit because I think he will increase in value uh, over the course of this year. But yeah, somewhere somewhere around the playoff time or, or wherever the trade deadline is, I'd be I'd probably be going for it a little bit if I wanted to do that. If I'm being honest, I would probably be rebuilding number five or uh, 6.15 is the team score here the helmet stickers the met rules dream worst rated quarterback position the nbc mr bad core worst rated wide receiver position i mean it's hard to say to go for it if you have two of the worst divisions in the whole league or the worst uh, positions rather in the whole league number five jake Plummer's shroom farm a lot of shroom farms here matt thanks andy i'm not sure i really need to enter my team though i think it speaks for itself probably the best in the league uh, I'd rather just talk about what a fascinating life Jake Plummer has had since he brought him up. Um, you have a guy who goes to college at Arizona State, um, becomes a personal friend and teammate of Pat Tillman there, um, really figures it out his senior year, uh, finishes third in the Heisman voting, uh, so doesn't doesn't quite win it, uh, but, but does bring Arizona State to an undefeated season uh in that year right so definitely was was highly touted coming out of college after that uh drafted by arizona so stays local to uh to where he went to school uh as a rookie puts up really good numbers probably like one of the better maybe better half uh of 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 quarterbacks as as a rookie uh, which I think was less frequent back then as well. Um, but, but really after that, just, just can't seem to figure it out. Um, falls apart really after that season. Um, establishes himself as a, a gunslinger, but, but more so just focused on the interceptions than, uh, than the touchdowns. Had probably his highlight uh, after he left Arizona in, in Denver, um, where he put up 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns. Um, but again, even in that season, had 20, 20 picks that he threw. So uh, finally retires, uh, finishes exactly 161 touchdowns and 161 interceptions for his career, which just, I think, speaks to kind of how mediocre it was, uh, especially after what uh what the prospects were coming out of college but so goes on to pass retirement to play handball four wall handball which uh i had no idea what that was but uh i guess it's similar to racquetball but instead of a racket you use uh something that's actually attached to your hand and and hit the ball with that uh so he 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 played handball professionally for for a few years uh, made it all the way to the semifinals of the 2008 Idaho State Singles Championships uh, and ended up losing to his brother, who was the eventual champion that year. Uh, so a lot of, lot of drama going on there. 
Uh, and and I, I think more than anything, we already have a, a HBO documentary on our hands with which is this ridiculous life so far. Uh, but that's not quite it. Uh, in uh, in let's see, when was it? In twenty nineteen. Uh, he d- <laughs> basically goes off the grid. Uh, he, he was kind of off the grid since he retired, but, but really went off the grid and opened his own mushroom farm uh, and now lives as basically a mushroom farm owner, operator, uh, and an actual farmer as well uh, out in Colorado. And in addition to that, uh, also has a supplement company. So uh, mushroom-based supplements that uh, he uses his own mushrooms that he grows to uh to sell so yeah i don't know there's a there's there's definitely some potential there to have a a very interesting documentary told on uh just an absolutely bizarre career path and and story what a, what a journey jake Plummer has been on and that is why uh he is a a fitting namesake for my team as we are also on a journey uh rebuilding right now but but picking up 23 firsts along the way and uh, eventually someone will trade me for Debo Samuel and uh, we'll just be in a better position after that so yeah appreciate the little little anecdote the little little uh, transition here uh, to, to talk about Jake Plummer but uh, let's uh, let's get back to uh, to Dynasty Fantasy Football what do you say Number eight in total and starter redraft value here. 25.1 is the average starter rate. So very young team for sure. Uh, You would expect to see more dynasty growth from an average starter age like that, but they're only gaining $19 here, and most of that is actually from Kyle Pitts himself. Other than that, not really doing much of anything in terms of dynasty movement here. Uh, The good news is this team is the number two future draft capital team. They have, what do they have? Three 2023 first-rounders. So you are the Debbie guy, Luke. When you look at a roster like this, I mean, we can talk about sort of the breakdown, but clearly running back is this albatross right now, with the worst running back, no top 30 running back on the roster. What are you thinking about that 23 trio of picks? Yeah, I think you absolutely going to have to take a shot at running back, but I don't know if you're going to want to because there's there's a when you kind of lump all your picks and you identify something like this, there is always an idea in my mind where you just go, okay, let's just slap the same position three times and make sure I absolutely get one of them. Um, you've got a, a fairly interesting 2023 group. Uh, it, it's B. John Robinson, it's Jamari Gibbs. And Zach Evans are kind of your three running backs. And I, I don't feel super confident about any of them outside of Bijan that if they landed somewhere badly, I wouldn't feel great about it. So I think you do have to consider that there is maybe a little bit more juice on the wide receiver side of a little bit more maybe better established players like Keyshawn Booty, Jackson Smith Job, Jordan Addison maybe guys you feel a little bit more comfortable with, but it really depends on landing spots and where those draft breaks are. So it definitely needs to fix the running back position. Obviously when you're looking at with Ramondre Stevenson, James Robinson are, are guys you feel okay about, but they're not going to be difference makers for you. Will they put up adequate points? Yes. They did get Brian Robinson at Mm 2.04. Obviously that's an unfortunate situation. We'll see if he can get back on the field and if he does, how much he can contribute 
this year. But yeah, I mean, you know, James Robinson, it's, we just learned today he will play in week one. I don't know. I'm a big Travis Etienne guy, so yeah. I look at Tra- I look at uh, James Robinson as just sort of a speed bump at this point. But <laughs> I mean, I guess it's nice that he's going to get back on the field. I mean, it is nice. I just the the history of the Achilles injury is just so zapping for anybody who needs burst, which is what running back is. So it's definitely something you have to be very frightened about and. I mean, I, is this team trying to make the playoffs this year? Like, to me, I'm thinking no. I mean, when we look at their kind of overall competitiveness, it's middle of the packet quarterback with Burrow and Justin Fields. So very young, but we're not really sure where you're going to see them scoring. Maybe maybe it's enough that you're feeling competitive. They did A little tr- bit more. They did trade away. Ones. Yeah, they did trade away Rashad Bateman. Um, mm-hmm. So they picked up a 23 first out of that. Not that Bateman is this like clear cut win now piece, but I guess he's more of a win now piece than a 23 first is. Yeah, I think yeah we have that as a pretty even trade with dynasty yield. Mm-hmm. So, but obviously, yeah, I did give away a. Not a ton of redraft value, but definitely some, and weakened the running the wide receiver room. But I feel pretty good about the wide receiver room as a whole as it is with Debo, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. You're losing a little bit of value year to year with Allen Robinson. I think Mooney has an opportunity to step forward, but also there could be a cliff there. Yeah, Mooney's another one of those players that if it doesn't click this year, could be scary. Yeah, he's he's definitely a player who. I think the dynasty community is definitely taking a wait and see approach with him. That's what that wide receiver twenty four kind of redraft value, yeah. and he's. I think he's pretty much holding that. He's actually losing a little bit for dynasty already. So yeah, the dynasty community is a little skeptical of Mooney, but they're giving him. They're gonna let him do his thing this year. See what happens. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about here? I feel like. It's, I mean, the Kyle Pitts in the room, I guess, is something to always be discussed, is that it's going to give you a, a position that you don't have to deal with for a couple well, years. We, we've, seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of crappy tight end rooms. Should this team be shopping TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, unless you have any questions about Kyle Pitts, which I don't think I don't think many of the, many of his owners don't. Yeah. I think anybody who owns him has no questions. I mean, there obviously are some, but I feel comfortable with Dan, with uh, Daniel Bellinger as a backup, and even Taysom Hill if you need to throw somebody in for a bye week. So yeah, I would I would consider shopping Hawkinson, but. Do you go out and buy a running back then, and does that make you competitive, or do you just try to find some maybe more future draft capital? Yeah, I mean, just keep loading up on that future draft capital. That 24, I mean, they have a lot of 23 picks, but I don't see any extra 24 picks in there. (laughs) Mm, 6.34 is the team score here. The face plant sicker, Terrace Marshall on the roster. The dead zone sicker, worst rated running back position. Not great. Number four, B-sharp three, and Matt will take it away. Yeah, nothing to say here, Andy. I'm good. All right. This is the number three total redraft team, number three in starter redraft value. So definitely we're stepping up. I mean, this is we're getting to the nitty-gritty here. This is a team that absolutely has a chance to win a title this year. When you look at the number two quarterback situation with Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, two of the top nine consensus fantasy quarterbacks on the roster, top five at running back here with Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, and, of course, Damian Pierce. Going at 1.05, Luke, uh, you have to accept the fact that that is about his ADP at this point. (laughs) In drafts that are happening now, Damian Pierce is a mid-first rounder. I'm trying to process that. It's going to take me a second. (laughs) Did the the team need a running back? 
probably could make that argument for sure. I mean, we we like them fairly good. It's our number five overall group with Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift. Sorry to interrupt real quick, but if I'm remembering correctly, Kenneth Walker went at 1.07. So he went before Walker here. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was... I'm assuming this is so soon that it was probably we had heard the the non sports hernia hernia surgery <laughs> for other uh, Kenneth Walker. So, and honestly, Pete Carroll is one of the worst people to have to deal with when you're <laughs> hearing about injuries because that man will just lie to your face. He, he will, and so it's really difficult to make those discussions. And, I'm, I want, as you said, I'm a Debbie guy. So Damian Pierce has has been in my zeitgeist for a while. He was never impressive at Florida. You, you, a lot of defenders will make the arguments that Florida never properly used him, didn't really give him an opportunity to be a bell cow. But if a person never had an opportunity to be a bell cow, we're now just projecting that on a very bad Texans team, he's going to just waltz in and be the guy. I, I have some questions. I yeah, some it's questions. it's not. It's not normal. It's not the usual. I will say there are there's been some press. I mean, recent memory we saw Antonio Gibson come in and he barely got any carries at all in college, Mm -hmm. and he has not been a dominant force in the NFL. But I think he's put up two top fifteen running back seasons so far. So it's it's not impossible. It is like sometimes it just happens where a guy just doesn't click in college, but it's not the norm and. 1.05, 1.05, I, to me, when I think about Damian Pierce at this point, I think about a guy who has a one-year run in him that maybe helps you immediately. And mm-hmm. maybe that's all this team really wants. If they get one year, I mean, obviously, if they win a title with Damian Pierce helping, they're going to be happy. If they get a one-year run out of him and they have a good season but they don't win a title and then Damian Pierce goes you know, the way of the dodo, was that enough? Was that the right pick? I don't know. Oh, it's tough. And then if you look at wide receiver, I mean, fairly competitive in what their starters are going to be. It's going to be Cooper Cup and whatever Michael Thomas kind of becomes or whether you go with Brian Ayuk. But the rest of that room looks like it could have used some of the marquee wide receivers who went <laughs> after 105, right? Yes. So, yeah. But uh, we you've already alluded to this a few times. You play Dynasty to win. You don't play Dynasty to make the prettiest roster. And if you think Damian Pierce in that flex position is what's going to help you get over the hump when you know you've got the advantage at quarterback, you've got some young, good running backs, you're in a, a fairly competitive spot at tight end. Oh, man, like too many good tight ends, really, honestly. <laughs> Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, and Dawson Knotts. Zach Ertz needs to be on your trade bait immediately. <laughs> like, Just send him to someone who's dying. We've talked about these really bad tight end rooms over and over and over again. Yeah, it's it's funny how some of the, the – the, there's a lot of consolidation of tight end talent on a couple teams here. Uh, I don't know anything else to talk about. This team is number 11 in future draft capital. No first rounder next year. There hasn't been a ton of future draft capital trading, so it sounds bad to say number 11, but it's just missing the first rounder next year. Mm-hmm. That's not something that's they, they, they can't overcome over the next couple seasons. No, I mean, I, I wish the owner luck. I hope they're I hope they're laughing at us being like, ooh, Damon Pierce, and that's why they win their <laughs> ship. <laughs> 6.46 is the team's score. We get a couple stickers. The great minds think alike. The team the right my league staff is most unanimous on. But let's play this one. The freshman sticker. For the life of me, I cannot believe we'd ever die for these sins. We will merely flash For having the tied 
I guess. For the most rookie starters, of course, that would be Damian Pierce, naturally. He has jumped up to running back 27. Uh, the, the, the joke, Luke, I always say with, with Derek, who is the other co-host, whenever we – I mean, we do these shows so often that we see the – we see the value change in players, and it's just sort of it stands out. Uh, Damian Pierce, every time I update, he gains value. He goes up the rankings every single day. Uh, it's pretty crazy to see how he's already a top 30 guy now. Uh, number three, Paul. Oh boy. Paul Sminis, I guess. Paul Sminis. Uh, Matt. It's a dick joke, Andy. Talking about having a small penis. Thank you, Matt. Number two here in total and starter redraft value. This team is definitely in the contender role. Uh, they are getting up there in years. 28.3 is the average starter age. They are losing a pretty significant chunk of dynasty value. Not surprising with uh, being over 28 years old per starter. But Kelsey, Fournette, Zeke all losing double-digit dynasty value here. It's definitely title or bust time. Uh, this is an aging roster. It's now or never for a lot of these guys, uh, specifically, you know, Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers both. And not that Matt Stafford is going to suddenly you know, go away, but, you know, Rodgers might. <laughs> He's going to be yeah. 39 this year. Uh, and Stafford, of course, dealing with that tendonitis in the elbow, which I, I've doctors keep telling me it's no big deal. But I, keep, I, I have a friend who's a doctor and he's like, it's not a big deal. He's going to be fine. And then I said, well, have there been a lot of studies about what happens to elbows that have tendonitis when they get stepped on by 300-pound people repeatedly? And uh, <laughs> he's like, no, I guess not. And I was like, all right, well, then I'm still concerned, okay? May not be a doctor, but I'm, uh, I'm worried. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, it's a, it's a valid concern, obviously, whenever everything is made off the, the arm mechanic of throwing, and we're talking about the hinge. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a reasonable place to be concerned. I think where my major concern in this roster falls is the running back position, though. Um, you need Saquon Barkley to come back and be what we saw, and I think that's where I feel most comfortable is that that could happen. Where I start to get very scared is Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott, both as starters. Uh, we're starting to hear rumblings, and obviously until the pigskin hits the gridiron and we actually see what happens, but the idea that Leonard Fournette and Zeke Elliott see their carries pulled away from them a little bit mm. and is uh, something I'd be very, very worried about. And I think they were probably worried about it as well, using getting trying to get Isaiah Spiller at 209, which I think is pretty good value. I, uh, Spiller's a guy I was very excited about, didn't quite get the the draft process going the way that they would have liked and have fallen a long way from where they were starting in the drafts earlier this summer. So maybe good value there, but not something that's going to give you much help this year. Yeah. Do you think that they're strong enough at the other positions that – their kind of questionable fallback with the running backs is enough. Yeah, I mean, well, the first thing I'll say is consensus still does have this as the number three total value running back group. I, I have, I echo your concerns when it comes to Fournette. I mean, you know, the, the Bucks brought in Rashad White. It seems like he's going to get some run this year. And Zeke, I mean, between Pollard, but also the fact that their entire offensive line is in kind of shambles at this yeah. point. Um, yeah, the whole offense for Dallas I have some concerns about as well. We'll see what Elijah Mitchell can do. I mean, there is there is depth on this team with, with Mitchell being the number four. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, do they have enough at the other positions if running back falls off, uh, specifically at wide receiver? No. I, you know, it, they have two guys. They have A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin, and after that, you know, they go six weeks without DeAndre Hopkins. They go, I don't know what to expect from Tyler Lockett with Geno Smith at the helm. I suspect Lockett is someone who has less chance to be immune to quarterback struggles than DK does because Lockett wins with precision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and DK, I mean, if, if anyone could do it, it would be DK who wins with just leaping and running faster than everybody else on the football field. Lockett needs the ball to be where it needs to be. So I'm very concerned about Lockett. If this, uh, this team should make the playoffs and then they get Hopkins back, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I, if it, I don't think it's enough still to overcome a running back group that would struggle. So that, to me, could not happen here. This team is not winning a title if Fournette and Zeke are not at least living up to their consensus values. Yeah, I think that's bang on. Now, obviously, anytime you have Travis Kelsey, you have a massive advantage in one position, and we'll kind of see what the removal of Tyreek Hill does to that Kansas City offense. I mean, mm-hmm. a little bit remains to be seen. I know we all have the utmost faith in what Patrick Mahomes can do, so... Kelsey is going to be the number one target there, is going to see a lot. Juju maybe can help soak up a little bit of that interior kind of focus by defenses. But Travis Kelsey now is the guy to stop in Kansas City. So we'll see what defensive coordinators can do with that throughout the year. And then I think having Dallas Goddard as some depth on your bench is obviously a pretty great place to be. But does he ever slot in as a starter here? Probably not. No, it's not a not tight end premium. If it were tight end premium, then yeah. is the team score helmet sticker the Brian Murphy award top rated tight end position the agree to disagree the team the rate my league staff is most divided on the con air sticker Jordan Love on the roster number two Mango Pettis here's Matt wow I think you're uh, I think you're almost over I'm getting these names Uh, Vince Patty is up here number two uh, has two championships and uh, just unexplicable what happened last year with this team. Uh, very clearly was trying to do everything in his power to play for next year. Uh, traded away all of his running backs, captured a bunch of future draft picks in this 2022 class, and then miraculously still pulls out the victory, which is just like, it's just embarrassing for the rest of us, honestly. Um, but yeah, this is that was Vince's second win in the league. So uh, starting to establish some history of, of sustained success here. Uh, 56, 41, and one all-time, and four playoff appearances. Uh, so four playoff appearances, but but two championships. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, has a has a good good team build here. Um, I mean, definitely with with Etienne and Dobbins now back healthy, Lamb, Evans, Kittle, Mike Williams, pretty pretty great squad. Uh, really feel like uh, I don't know someone like Debo Samuel or Allen Robinson would look pretty pretty good on that squad though. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Almost there. Almost there. Maybe just uh, one or one or two more wide receivers uh, and and should be all set all right do you think it should be mango patties or mango pettis mango patties that's my bad you want to know something sad 
I am allergic to mangoes. Oh, that is kind of sad. That it's really ridiculous. puts you out of the. That puts you out of a lot of the tropical everything. I know. It's, well, the other fruits are fine. Like I can do papaya and other stuff. It's like the skin of the mango has the same stuff in it that poison ivy does, or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's actually not the fruit itself. It's like the skin of the fruit. It's very strange. Huh. Uh, number four in total redraft value. Number five in starter redraft value. Twenty six point five is the average starter age here. Uh, very prime age team. Uh, number two group in dynasty value. They actually hold their dynasty value. They don't really gain any, but I guess other teams are older. They're falling off in dynasty value. This team benefits from that happening, so they do move up to number two in the dynasty ranking here. Uh, this team went ahead and made some trades. They added Miles Sanders. They gave up the 1.10, which I'm trying to remember if James Cook was there. I think he was. I don't oh, remember. They took, him at one, they took him at 109. Oh, James. Oh, this team did? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they took James Cook at 1.09. I was going to say, if they did that with James Cook still on the board, that would have been interesting. But they, So they had uh, 1.06. They had 1.09. Um, they had 1.12 here. So they go with Garrett Wilson, James Cook, and Jahan Dotson in round one. And then they trade that 1.10 for Miles Sanders. Interesting deal. I, there's not a lot of... Uh, <laughs> haven't seen a lot of any first-round picks being traded straight up for Miles Sanders this offseason. So no, it's a little uh, yeah. interesting to see. I'm an Eagles fan, and I, I, I will struggle to defend that one. Um, <laughs> I just it, it seems as though that coaching staff wants Kenneth Gainwell to be a thing very badly. That's the vibe as someone who watches a lot of what's happening in camp. Now they also did add Trey Sanders, which means just uh, sermon. Ad, Trey sermon. No, sorry, sermon. Thank you. Yeah, it's just another another inclination that they're not fully committed to Miles Sanders getting the ball enough. Now, half PPR is going to help you a little, but I guess it was, is it, was it because you lack confidence in Travis Etienne, who I know you don't do you lack confidence, <laughs> do you lack confidence in Dre in JK Dobbins? Like you have two running backs, even Penny, you have all your running backs kind of coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Is that where the concern lies? You draft, you draft James Cook and then you pick up Miles Sanders and you think those are my insurance plays instead of trying to pick somebody up who might help you. Yeah, I, I mean, that would make sense to me. I, 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 that seems like the logical leap to sort of take there. And at the same time, you know, they're probably looking at their wide receiver group and saying, we're the number two wide receiver team in the league. C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, Garrett Wilson. You know, I still get Garrett Wilson at 1.06. What am I going to do? Keep taking wide receivers that aren't going to play for me? Uh, no, it's totally fair. So, yeah, I... I I get it. I, I, th- <laughs> can you get like a 23 second tacked on to that Miles Sanders yeah. deal? <laughs> yeah, I think that would maybe been the kind of juice that helps it, right? But... <laughs> Just something. Like, okay, you got Miles Sanders, but make the deal even at least. Uh, they also pick up David Njoku, who's actually gained a, a fair amount of value this offseason. He's up to tight end 15. It's been like yeah. this subtle rise from him. Yeah, you see everybody kind of starting to put him on their this is your tight end sleeper list when you're trying to kind of look at redrafting for picking up a late round tight end. And then they even went out and got Albert O on top of that, who has kind of done the opposite and lost a little bit of flavor over the offseason. Mm-hmm. Already had Kittle, so you were sitting in a position where I feel like George Kittle is really getting kind of left behind. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like well, Mandrews yeah. and Pitts got lumped into the top conversation and Kittle and... 
kind of got lumped in with Waller as the people who are falling away, but I don't feel that way personally. I think I'm still very happy having George Kittle as my starting tight end. Yeah, I, I like Kittle. I do. I, I wish they could just get a real quarterback who could throw the ball <laughs> to him because Jimmy mm-hmm. G would sail passes over the middle, and Trey Lance is like throwing them five yards to the left or right of him. I just, <laughs> I just wish he had a quarterback who could just throw him the football. <laughs> It'd be great. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I believe very much in George Kittle's talent level. I just wish uh, the situation was a little cleaner there, I suppose. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Albert Okwegbunam does. I practiced that name for a long time. Good for so you. Say it a bunch, as much as I can. Uh, they also picked up Velas Jones in round four. I don't know if he does anything for you. I guess he doesn't really do anything for this roster, but... I mean, the only thing he does for me is he's like a new case study on what ha- what the college football landscape looks like with players staying longer. Mm-hmm. That's really what I want to see. I want to see if these older prospects are just going to flame out like they used to or if we kind of have a new ecosystem in college that things are allowed to incubate longer. That'll be the interesting part there. But. Uh- we followed the tradition of not really talking about Josh Allen. Because <laughs> what yeah. are you going to say? He's good. He's here. Yep. Great. 6.92 is a team score. Helmet sticker. The tumbleweed. No other stickers. Which brings us to the top-ranked team, Kevin Lake. Matt, what do we need to know about Kevin Lake? Thanks, Andy. Made it to the top. Uh, yeah, Kevin Lake. I don't understand what happened here. I so so Kevin joined 2018, so uh, really three years. Um, one playoff appearance, 19, 20, and one overall record. Uh, but I don't understand when this team just got so good. Uh, I'm looking at the initial roster that he took over. Uh, again, end of 2018. This was this was the team. Eli Manning, Royce Freeman, Ito Smith, Keenan Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, Benjamin Watson, Stephon Diggs, Broncos defense, Tyreek Hill, Michael Crabtree, really no one, right? You have, I mean, other than obviously Tyreek, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, so three wide receivers. Uh, By the 2020 season, Eckler, Gibson, Diggs, Jefferson, Miles Sanders, Christian Kirk, Devin Singletary, Michael Pippen, A.J. Dillon, Gabe Davis. Uh, how, how, where, Kevin, where did you get all these players? Um, yeah, and then, I mean, if, if we look at the team now, I mean, it's pretty clear why this is, this team is the favorite. Eckler and Javante Williams at running back, uh, Mahomes at QB. Jefferson, Diggs, Pittman at wide receiver, Darren Waller at tight end, uh, and still has two first-round picks next year as well, and what I think will probably be the top first-round pick with with Brad's selection, which we covered earlier. So, um, yeah, this, I mean, it's a great example of of what a rebuild should look like. Commit to... uh, Commit to not being good, get high draft picks, take those wide receivers that are going to be top players for the next 10 to 15 years, and uh, then fill in the running backs. So very impressive uh, what what Kevin's done with with essentially almost nothing in two or three years. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how uh, 
how we're going to be able to take him down over the next few years. I, I don't see any reason why he's not the favorite for the next four or five years going forward here. So good work to Kevin, and back to you guys. Well, I can tell you it's the number one total and starter redraft team. 26.1 is the average starter age here, um, which is, you know, very early prime age stuff there. Number one in dynasty value. They actually do gain a smidgen of dynasty value here, but uh, mostly from Javante Williams, a little bit from Rashad Bateman. You might remember that trade. This team did acquire Rashad Bateman in the offseason. They give up the 23 first-rounder, but of course, it was their own 23 first-rounder, so projected to be 1.12, maybe 1.11 if things don't go perfectly. Uh, So it's supposed to be a pretty late first-round pick all the same. This is also the other side of that massive deal. I don't even know what to call it. The Antonio Gibson deal? The George Pickens deal? Yeah, no, I think, yeah. I think we kind of talked about it. I think we like the other side of a lot of the trades that this team made, which makes a lot of sense as we're seeing them near the top. Mm-hmm. They got that first round pick for Miles Sanders without evening it out, which, you know, good for you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, then, they ended up trading. And, that was part of what happened to that pick. I don't even know where that pick went. That's a good question. Cause Pickens went one eleven, Yeah. And then I wonder if it was the, no, I'm really not sure. Yeah, I don't know. It disappeared. Yeah, I mean, they obviously didn't need it when you start to break down the roster. I mean, I let's just get the big part out of the way. It's our best wide receiver room that Mm -hmm. in uh, half PPR league usually makes you pretty competitive when you're sitting with uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, the man he got out of town, and Stefan Diggs. Uh, Michael Pittman, who I'm probably uh, someone I'm a little cold on, honestly, but is still being very much classified as in that top 12, going to be another wide receiver one for you. Added some depth in Bateman behind Michael Gallup. Even DJ Shark and Nico Collins, that's all like a fairly usable wide receiver group. Pretty impressive overall. Um, this is this is it's not listed because it came when they were on ESPN, I think. But this is also the other side of that Patrick Mahomes Darren Waller trade. So they gave mm, up Jamar Chase here. Is, they yeah. had Jefferson and Chase. They gave that up. Oh, okay. So they had Jefferson and Chase, and went out and decided to go get Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this team also. Uh, Here's what's really devastating for the rest of the league to hear. This team, in addition to being the best roster, is number one now in future draft capital. They have uh, two 23 first-rounders, two 23 second-rounders, and two 24 second-rounders here. Um, Mahomes and Waller from that trade. Just uh, good luck to everybody else out there, I suppose. And this team is looking really, really strong. Let's get a little nitpicky. Luke, just for fun, what worries you about this roster, if anything? Um, running back, and maybe that will surprise some people when I jump out and say that, but I think I always question Austin Eckler and whether they actually have the ability to stay healthy and be the lead dog. He's proven me wrong two years in a row, so I, I think I'm going to strike out this year, and he will probably end up being another PPR monster. And then it's the it's the hype behind Javante Williams and whether he whether he truly can benefit from Russell Wilson coming and the offense becoming more prolific, and whether that, that helps, and whether whether Melvin Gordon truly does take a full step back to just a backup and not end up vulturing any touchdowns. 
those would be my kind of concerns with the starters. And then your concerns with depth are, is A.J. Dillon truly going to be able to suck up half of what Aaron Jones does, like Matt LaFleur is saying? I don't believe it personally. And is Tony Pollard startable based on what Zeke gets? How do you feel about the kind of questions in that running back room? Are they questions or are they just kind of trying um, to find something wrong with a monster team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. But yeah, there are legit concerns there. I mean, Austin Eckler, I've never been the biggest Austin Eckler believer, but he's proven me wrong too. So, But, you know, at the same time, he's never been 27 before, and now he is. So we'll <laughs> see how he does with another year under the belt. And a couple of years ago, he was banged up, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does respond to a season where he had 276 touches. Because I don't think he's ever had that kind of workload in the NFL before. And sometimes guys don't always respond well when the workload goes up. The next year it can be an issue. So I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying it's at least a question there. I, I don't think Javante Williams... I don't think the talent level on Javante Williams matches the hype that's been behind him. I've always been somewhat skeptical of players whose elite quality at running back is just a bruising, tackle-breaking guy. Uh, I think it's the I think it's the 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 false. What's the? It's like the siren song for film mm-hmm. watchers. Yeah. who just love seeing a guy take on a defender head on and just running him over, and everyone gets really hyped for that. I much prefer my running backs to be so fast that they just run around those guys <laughs> and they don't break the tackle. They just run by the tackle. Um, so, and Javante Williams does not have the greatest size speed combo of any running back. In fact, his profile, his analytical profile coming into the league was actually below average. It wasn't great. So I, I have, I guess you can call me a hater. I'm not the biggest Javante Williams fan. That said, I mean, this running back group can be, league average and this is still probably a title team <laughs> uh, absolutely i mean yeah like we added mahomes and waller which were where this team was weak they were they would have it would have been kirk cousins and irv smith so like mm. just that improvement alone plus even if you don't get them this year the 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 bullets in the gun for the reload and a team that doesn't really need a reload is going to really add some depth to this next year so <sighs> scary spot to be behind this team yeah, for sure. Even that incoming 23 first is like we're projecting that kind of mid mid first for next year, which uh, this team can absolutely benefit from that. There should be a running back there that could help. So very, very scary stuff for some of the league. Not 9.98 is the team score here. The helmet sticker, the dragon sticker, most draft capital. The Rod Tidwell Award top rated wide receiver position, but let's play this. The nightmare sticker. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. For being the number one power ranked team because they're going to be a nightmare for the rest of the league. We did it. We counted down 12 to 1. Thank you to Fantasy Football version 3. And thank you to Matthew for setting this all up. Yeah, thank you guys for letting me be a part of it. And um, yeah, to the, to the league. Obviously looking forward to the start of a new year. Uh, most exciting part of the season yet. No injuries. Everything is, is positive. Uh, so it's all downhill from here. No, uh, all kidding aside though, excited for a new season and appreciate all you guys, uh, putting up with me both, uh, with the change to sleeper and, uh, 
just uh, constantly talking shit on everyone. So looking forward to another good year and um, yeah, best of luck to everyone.